And welcome to episode 70 of the Retrospectors podcast, <sighs> Space Channel 5. James, why are we here? <laughs> Last fortnight, I was playing with tanks and artillery and infantry on a hex-based grid. That was video game heaven to me. Now we're playing Space Channel 5, which is about a space journalist in the future who uses interpretive dance how did we how did we reach this place where we moved from a classic video game to this one well the reason i told you initially was because somebody from discord asked us to play this game but the real reason was because i knew you'd fucking hate it i knew it <laughs> yeah you've been making excuses all week saying "Ooh, i've got this legitimate reason but i always knew it was about my suffering more than anything else I mean, surely you've played rhythm games before, Patrick. It's not exactly a niche genre out in the wide world. Uh, it is true. I have dabbled in rhythm games. Um, I've played a lot of Guitar Hero. And I also remembered there's another rhythm game that I've played that isn't a traditional one, but I still think fits into that mold. It's called Thumper. Um, there's also Audio Surf, and Thumper's kind of like Audio Surf-esque. So... I've got some familiarity with this genre, but um, less so with the genre when there's uh, a space journalist dancer with pink hair in a <laughs> 60s sci-fi aesthetic. So that was more the um, the thing that uh, tricked me up, the presentation, as opposed to the it being a rhythm game in and of itself. Well, we've played uh, retro-futurist games before, Patrick. Surely you can uh, swallow down your pride and uh, get groovy with uh, Space Channel 5. I had to. I mean, that's the that's the name of the show, ultimately. So, But uh, we will be sharing um, our opinions on it. We, James and I, of course, make up the Retrospectors podcast. We play through these old classic games of the past to determine if they're true classics that have stood the test of time and are worth your time to play today. Uh, most importantly, this is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to understand and evaluate these video games in the context in which they are produced. All we want to know is, are these games worth playing today? So we played through Space Channel 5. Um, before we get into our discussion, we should talk a little bit about how we played Space Channel 5 because we suffered some technical issues when we first tried. And that was all James's fault because yeah. he's like, we should play on the PlayStation 2 emulator, which turned out to be a fairly awful idea. Yeah, there was a bit of hefty input delay uh, running through that. So basically, we both booted up the game and then proceeded to fail like every single input uh, for like... I reckon I fucked about in the PS2 emulator trying to get it to work for longer than the actual runtime of the game, which is about, you know, an hour and a hour and a half, depending on how good you are. Um, so, yeah, that was that was awful. Uh, however, one of our one of our users let us know that apparently uh, the Dreamcast version and the Dreamcast emulator redream uh, runs the game much better. So we both booted that up and thankfully had a near flawless experience using that so uh if you're gonna play space channel 5 
avoid the PS2 emulator like the Play, go with the Dreamcast version. We'll give a link to the emulator in the show notes. It is worth noting that with enough tweaking, you can get the PlayStation 2 emulator to a somewhat okay state. However, it comes at the cost of, you know, worse audio quality and it's it's a lot of stuffing about and it's still not better than just the default settings of Redream. So yes, if you're going to play Space Channel 5, the way to play it is on Redream. What? Not the Game Boy Advance version? <laughs> yeah, there's also a rather suspicious Game Boy uh... Advance version <laughs> that looks like it attempts to mimic the uh, the main game, but when you listen to the audio of the GBA it's version... It's so bad. <laughs> it makes me wonder why it even existed, but I, I guess in that era, those Game Boy Advance demakes were actually quite common. Um, so yeah, for those who've never played or heard of space channel 5 as i assume most of you haven't because james of course as is tradition has picked yet another strange game that no one has ever heard of everyone (laughs) in discord was like i've heard of this game and we want to hear you guys play it it was actually quite a good response from people so i think you're uh, you're exaggerating that patrick It, it is true i sometimes feel like i'm tapped into completely different gaming history to you are james because you keep <laughs> citing these random games and everyone seems to know what they are and i've just got ne- no idea but anyway space channel 5 is a rhythm game and it was developed by a company called united game artists which was a sub uh, sub company of sega itself Um, It was first released in 1999 for the Sega Dreamcast in Japan, and it came to the rest of the English-speaking world a year later in 2000. As we earlier mentioned, it saw ports to PlayStation 2 and Game Boy Advanced. Um, Since since those early days, there was a Part 2 released and a VR title, but it never became a mainstream franchise and has kind of slipped from most people's collective consciousnesses, or at least that's what I thought. Maybe maybe it's this <laughs> cult classic that uh, all the console gamers are aware of. So this game, it's a, it's a little hard to explain, but uh, I think the place to start in explaining it probably comes with the story and its presentation. So we're going to start by talking about what this game looks and feels and uh resonates with and then we'll move we'll later move on to uh how it actually plays as a video game so aesthetically it's kind of a bit odd uh, it's retro futuristic i would say it's like a 60s sci-fi aesthetic mixed with 90s era clubbing think uh 2001 a space odyssey mixed with glow stick disco um and there are, I'm sure there's many other ways to describe it, but you're best off just looking at some pictures of it. Retro futuristic sci-fi is a good place to start. You play as a space reporter named Ooh La La. I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle <laughs> keeping a straight face through this, so please just bear with me. I'm reading out some paragraphs on my screen. Let me finish speaking, and then we can talk about it. All right. So you play as space reporter Ooh La La. She is a journalist for Space Channel 5 who investigates the strange events of aliens invading Earth locations and forcing hostages to dance. (laughs) Uh, Yep, so she then has dance-offs against these aliens where she mimics their movements and shoots them sometimes with a gun that doesn't kill them 
she also shoots the hostages with a different gun that doesn't kill them and in doing so she defeats them or rescue them and her success is not marked by her ability to save hostages but instead her TV ratings because she's a space journalist you see so if the TV ratings are good it's a success and if they're not good it's a failure so she keeps doing this and she has to unveil the mystery of what is going on and hopefully eventually save the day. So the game technically, by technical definitions, has a story. So James, how did you feel about the story of Space Channel 5? It was so funny. It was so stupid. <laughs> like I, I kind of had no idea what was going on until I had played through the first level like once or twice and then... Uh, it's so silly. Like basically, that that dancing aliens have invaded a spaceport, and then you appear on the scene, uh, strutting down the aisle uh, towards the aliens, and all of a sudden they challenge you to like a dance off. Um, it's a bit strange, I have to admit, but I think that the game kind of like pulled me into it eventually. I think it won me over um, with its like sense of style, I guess. <laughs> What what I would say is that the plot is complete and utter nonsense. nonsense? Like it's yeah. just, and in a way that kind of uh, protects it from a lot of the criticism I traditionally have about these kinds of stories. Like when we played Cave Story or Lunar Silver Star Story, because those stories took themselves somewhat seriously, I feel that kind of opens them up to serious criticism. When the story is this absurd and this ridiculous, criticizing it for being absurd and ridiculous is kind of like missing the forest for the trees. It's like (laughs) Katamari Damacy has a story and it's absurd and silly and doesn't make any sense. And that's fine. And that's about the end of the criticism that can be leveled against it. What you can say is that it's incredibly creative and, um, you know, very ingenious and them inventing such a ludicrous story i don't i think that they could have done a better job with i guess making it make slightly more sense or having slightly more backstory but i'm not upset at this game for having a nonsensical story and i think you can make the argument that it's an important part of the charm and atmosphere it's trying to present. With stories like this, I think that more important than the writing itself is the sense of style that it conveys through, you know, the characters and the goings-on. Um, this is a very, like, visual story. I feel like a lot of the flair this game has comes across in its visual presentation, you know, rather than what the characters are saying or doing. This is a game, you know, a rhythm game, and all the characters move through the worlds to these like absurdist like exaggerated dances um and all of these crazy things happen and for me for the most part the game succeeded at what it was trying to do um and i think that the last level in particular was particularly great at this and you know the first three were kind of like okay to good um i think they could have done better at the start with having some more like outlandish stuff happen um 
like I feel like because the team who was making this game like didn't really know what they were going for at the beginning they kind of found their stride later on into the game and some of the like the crazy stuff that happens at the end is extremely entertaining and they managed to like pack a whole bunch of like really funny shit right at the end um although I just didn't think that came through as strongly at the beginning so James I have something that I'm extremely ashamed to admit uh, I really loved the presentation of this game. Really? <laughs> I um, I mean, the running joke in our Discord and everywhere is that I have been extremely upset at James at picking this ridiculous game. But after playing through the game a couple of times, I think the presentation and the attention to detail with the presentation... Uh, is far and away the strongest part of Space Channel 5. And there are just so many little touches, I think, that really elevate it as a... um, Not necessarily in terms of story beats, but in terms of the visual experience you have as you're playing through this game. I think it would have been extremely easy to have this be basically a movie that plays in the background as you you do a rhythm game. And yes, technically, I guess you could say that it is a movie playing in the background, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like the actions you're doing and the way you're moving around, you do feel like a character moving through this world, which is utterly remarkable when you consider that the only way you're interacting with this game is by pressing up, left, down, right, and two shoot buttons. That's it. That's the only way you're doing it. And yet, uh, I grew, you know, I grew very immersed in this world and this story it was telling and the ridiculousness of it. So, um, I've kind of been bamboozled, or maybe I've been bamboozled <laughs> everyone else, but... Um, I think the presentation of this game is fantastic and I really enjoyed it. I agree with you what you're saying about that immersive factor. Like in a lot of rhythm games, you have this like note highway thing where there's like a little movie playing in the background while notes scroll down the screen. Space Channel 5 isn't like that. In this game, um, the base gameplay premise is that you walk up to an alien. The alien will perform a series of moves. For example, they'll say left, up, left, up, shoot, shoot, shoot and then you'll have to mimic the pattern that the alien did and kind of the way that this plays out in practice in the presentation is that your character Ulala um, as you press the buttons will play out that button so pressing left will move her arms to the left and pressing shoot will move her hands forward like in a shooting motion and so because of that like you really feel like you're controlling a person dancing rather than just like uh, timing note presses like as they scroll down the screen in something like Guitar Hero or many you know the vast majority of rhythm games that I've played before um, so I completely agree with that yeah the other thing that stood out for me is not necessarily the presentation as you're doing the gameplay motions, but all the in-between bits. Like, for example, and this is something that immediately stands out when you play the game, the way that as the characters walk, they're walking to the beat. Ulala's uh, heels are clicking to the floor. Oh my God. And she, like, she looks ridiculous, 
Yeah. The first few times I saw those walks between the segments, I just like I was laughing so hard. It looks so funny. Yeah. Um, but it grows on you, right? Yeah, it's so deliberate, though. Like, you've got, like, all the people you saved following you in this line, dancing to the beat down the street um, up to the next, you know, dance encounter. It's really funny. Uh, I think uh, they did a really good job of making the characters, like, really expressive with their, like, exaggerated body movements uh, throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, one of the best bits is whenever you successfully win a dance duel... Um, against your fellow reporters one of their posse comes and joins you so when you <laughs> defeat uh what's her name muffin is her name muffin for the first time she you get her electric guitarist to uh to join you as you're walking around and plays yeah, and then riff. he actually plays guitar and the yeah. guitar gets added to the music it's really great but if you like if you lose uh, if you lose a segment, then when your characters are walking to the next segment, they've got their heads down and they're like, they look really sad. And the the announcers saying, "Oh, you did, you just didn't do very good. That was terrible." You get all the <laughs> dance moves that are in between each segment. So you know the segment finishes and you and your squad do a quick dance and then you move on to the next bit and it will differ depending on how successfully you completed the segment. There's just in general as you're playing through this game, if we just take the gameplay out for a sec for a second, you know, it'll probably take you about an hour to get through. But it's an enjoyable story to go along on. And on my second playthrough where I was far more competent at the basic gameplay beats and I could more just, you know, sit back a bit and enjoy myself, I found myself enjoying the spectacle of it all, even if it was, you know, absolutely ridiculous. It is complete nonsense, but it's like a yep. fun kind of nonsense. This game... Uh, I think you mentioned Katamari Damacy before, yes. and I think that's the perfect comparison. Like, it's just, it's just too like you can't hate this game. Like, I, I don't think that how could anybody hate a game like Katamari or this game, right? Like, it's just too much fun. Um, it's just you know, it feels good to play. I had a big smile on my face the entire time I was playing. And, um, especially, uh, honestly, I think that the last segment is like the peak of the game by like so much it ends on like the highest point it could in my opinion like it's just such a great way to end the game um, yeah so so spoilers let's talk about that a bit because i agree with you so you kind of go through the hardest part of the game and then the final section is almost an epilogue in that it's not the difficulty peak of the experience even though it's the emotional story peak of the experience and it's far and away the best part of the game so what happens is the entire game you've been dancing to this sound system you know it's been creating all these songs for ooh la la to keep her rhythm but then the big bad destroys the sound system and you know ooh la la's screwed she needs the music to be able to dance but then the acapella starts and it starts off small with only a few people you know, creating this music with our mouths and singing. But as the confrontation gets further and further, the crowd of people singing grows and grows and grows to this fantastic climax. And that whole section, even though from a gameplay point of view, it's like a buy, like by that point, you'll, you'll breeze through with no issues. Like it, it was just an awesome conclusion and I really enjoyed it. 
when the acapella grows in volume and like mm. it's like you and there's hundreds of people working together to take down the villain uh it was excellent i just i loved it like the whole time i watched the whole credit with a huge smile on my face it was it was just something really special um so i think what we're gonna do um is we're gonna have an early music break and instead of just playing the soundtrack for the game i'm going to play a segment of audio from actual gameplay so that you guys can hear what it's like to play this game so to reiterate the gameplay of this game is you encounter aliens the aliens will make you know some directions they'll say up left up left shoot 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 and then there'll be a tone to indicate that it's the player's turn and then you'll have to press up left up left shoot 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 to the beat that the that the aliens spoke it to so you'll hear that in the in the music break that coming up um patrick i'm gonna be selfish here and choose a bit at the start because i think uh near the start's the best way to iterate the game mm -hmm. but i do think that these music sections throughout the game they did a pretty good job with them and for the most part uh, i really enjoyed the because like the music takes a lot of inspiration from like 50s 60s big band and then techno and some trance stuff uh, and i think it all really fit the aesthetic of the game and during a couple of the boss fights i thought that the music was also really entertaining um because a lot of the a lot of the music in this game plays into the visual presentation like what's happening on screen visually syncs up with the music and it changes very often like you'll have a segment of music um and then you know there'll be this little in between where the the characters dance and then they speed up their dance to change the beat entirely so that the next segment of gameplay is at a different beat so you can have a different challenge and i think that the whole thing from beginning to end uh, flows really 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 well um so in my opinion like i thought i really enjoyed the presentation and the music of this game so firstly i'll just say that um you're completely right to play the music with the left left right shoot 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 bits in it because if you look at the ost by itself if you try and listen on youtube it's just the the music and none of that but when you're playing this game those sounds are always going to be overlaid so it's more accurate to the experience to play that music um, as for the music, I'm actually a bit more critical of it than you, James. Um, not that there's a problem with the music in and of itself. I just wonder if this was the best application of music to a rhythm game. Um, so firstly, I'm musically incompetent, so I may be off, off, uh, off beat here. But I feel like a lot of what's here is almost jazz-like, where there's a lot of melody to the music. But the nature of the gameplay is so focused on rhythm that I almost feel it comes at the expense of the music. Don't you think it would have been better if the music here was more traditional pop music? Like, I'm th just off the top of my head, I, I don't listen to a lot of pop music, but I work in a supermarket. So I hear a lot of it throughout the day. And as these songs were being played stuff by like Kate Perry or Taylor Swift those pop songs tend to have a more I don't know rhythmic feel to them as they're going along they have a more structured rhythmic feel than this more freeform complicated jazz because the thing is James when I think back on these songs I can't actually mentally recall them very well like because the the gameplay is so focused on rhythm do you think it's maybe a mistake uh, or is this a unique issue that i'm having 
I think this is a you issue, to be honest. Like, I can remember most of the music. I think that it's important to note that, like, half of the music is made up by the characters talking, I think, um, and singing in beat with the song. Like, I think, it, like you said, it's a complete mistake to just play the backing track on its own, right? Like, half of the rhythm comes from the way the characters are talking over the top of the music. Uh, I think the Big Band Jazz is a great pick for this. I, and to be honest, I'm heavily biased towards this kind of music. And, you know, like I played in a jazz band in high school for like a few years. Um, and I'm quite, you know, I love this kind of music. So uh, when I came in and it was, you know, this was what it was, I was actually really delighted. Um, yeah. And I felt that it worked pretty well for the most part. It's just odd to me because, you know, Guitar Hero is obviously something that's, you know, my main rhythm game. And I, I played a lot of Guitar Hero. I got pretty decent at it. And with Guitar Hero, when you're playing all these metal and rock songs and everything, you're playing the melody. Like you're playing the, I guess, what I more readily identify as the music. In this, you're not playing the melody. You're playing the rhythm. And I just guess I felt that there was a disconnect there between the jazz music melody and the gameplay experience of playing the beat. I see what you're saying. Like the the the, the notes don't line up with the melody; they line up with the beat of the song only. Yeah. Um, I think that it kind of has to be this way, like because there's a big memory component of this game. There is no visual component to well i mean i guess there there is there is some visual component to the, the like gameplay. clues visual clues. yeah there's <laughs> clues but a lot like unlike something like guitar hero where you can see you know you can see the notes coming down the screen this game doesn't visually show you the notes before like you just have to remember them um and you know there'll be some aliens standing on the right and the left so they'll go right twice and then left once and you can see there's two aliens on the right and one on the left so you can remember but because there's such a you know a, a memory component to the game i think it has to fall on the beat um as precisely it does i don't think if you do it the way you're kind of suggesting i think it, it can become very confusing very fast oh no no right? i i don't i don't want this game to be about melody i'm just saying that jazz to me is very melodic and therefore, why not choose something less melodic like a pop song, which has a simpler melody, so we can concentrate on the beat. That that's kind of like the gist of what I'm saying. Okay. This, sure. this felt this felt like a misuse of the music to the point where I struggled to remember what the music was actually like, even though in and of itself there's nothing wrong with it. So yeah, maybe maybe I'm just way off base, and people love this music <laughs> and everything. It and. I'm obviously not musically trained, but um, I felt a little disappointed with with the music choice uh, into and how it gelled with the gameplay. Okay. Well, for me, I guess I'll just one more point um, is that I think jazz is very good at pivoting really quickly through different styles mm -hmm. um, and being kind of freeform. And I think that added to the game because it allowed you to quickly pivot um, in variety of the gameplay sections as well with just these like little like three to five second mid tones where you change key and beat structure in order to you know complement the next set of gameplay so you know for gameplay purposes you, you're raising a really excellent point because that is how the game plays yeah. so yeah um, fair, so fair anyway <laughs> um this is some gameplay from space channel 5 it's from the very start of the game and i'll let us go through two segments um in between the two segments you're going to hear 
hear them walking down to the beat and you'll hear the tapping of their feet and that's the <laughs> best part. So listen out for that and here you go, guys. Hey there, Space Cats. Ooh la la here coming at you for Space Fortnite. Tonight I'm investigating reports that aliens have invaded and are forcing people to dance. All lines are clear, ooh la la. Let's see what you're made of. Let's go. I've encountered aliens on the main floor. It looks like they've taken hostages. Copy the aliens' moves. Press the buttons with the rhythm. Get on it. Let's get So that was the the bit of gameplay from Space Channel Five. I hope you enjoyed it. I found it very entertaining during uh, during my playthrough. Um, so Space Channel Five is a rhythm game, and we haven't done a rhythm game yet. So I kind of wanted to talk about maybe rhythm games in general a little bit because I think they're a very popular genre, uh, and there's a couple of reasons why. Like I think one, like they're very musical, right? Everyone loves music, um, so that's a big part of the broad appeal. And secondly, I think that almost better than any other genre rhythm games are a game that can cater to a huge variety of skill levels right like you can you can introduce your grandma to um tap tap revenge or something on your ipad um and they can understand how to play that pretty quickly right it's a very intuitive genre but at the same time you have people making custom song maps for guitar hero or frets on fire that are you know insane finger breaking feats of skill right like you know there's a huge range of difficulty that you can have with these games um and i kind of wanted to lead in on this because Space Channel 5 was actually a bit harder than I was expecting it to be to begin with. And, you know, even after we fixed our emulation issues and I was playing through the game for like the third time, but with a good emulator, I was missing like a lot of beats in this game. Uh, it was kicking my ass to begin with, Patrick. Did you uh, did you have a similar experience? Oh, Space Channel 5 was hardcore, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very difficult game. It's, it's one of the things that took me off guard because the appearance is so friendly and, you know, sparkly and you know let's be honest childish 
but then you sit down to actually play this game and I just kept failing the first level and I was like, what have I got myself <laughs> into? And to be fair, after I kind of got over the first big difficulty hump, I didn't find it really hard until the final challenge. So I'd say the middle part of this game is pretty reasonable difficulty-wise, but learning the basics of this game and that final challenge at the end are extremely difficult. Uh, yeah. You know, it probably took me, uh, I don't know, four attempts to beat level one and the very final level because of, you know, one or two sections probably took me 10 to 15 times to beat after many, many failures. Yeah, I... There were sections of this game where I had to just, like, make a, you know, make a quick save and then just practice that little bit, like, ten times and then restart the level what and then get cheater. through the level. What uh, a well, filthy it cheater. was hard, okay? I have a terrible sense of beat apparently uh which did improve over the course of my playthrough and near the end i was getting through everything but the last level first try but it was hard like i had uh i was having big difficulties at the beginning i think um a big part of this and i don't know if it's a criticism of the game or not but it's just the way it's structured right like on the screen compared to a lot of other rhythm games there isn't a lot of visual feedback um, you know, like in Guitar Hero, you have the notes coming down the screen. In Space Channel 5, all you have to rely on is your own sense of timing. And to begin with, for me, that was extremely difficult, right? Like, there is no visual indication of when the beat is happening. You just have to keep the beat in your head or by tapping on the desk or, like, moving my leg, which I was doing quite a lot, which I actually found a lot easier uh, than just keeping it in my head, funnily enough. Um... And I kind of, at some points, was wishing that there was, like, an indicator that told you if you were too fast or slow. Because what will happen is, like, they'll give you um, a pattern of five notes in a row. And if you fail just one of them, you know, that counts as you failing the pattern and you'll lose score. Um, and I was finding this very punishing to begin with because I was feeling like I was getting, like you know, five and six notes every time, but that wasn't enough to, you know, get a score high enough to beat the first level. So uh, did you have any problems with missing visual feedback in this game? Like at the start, I was missing it a lot, but as I, you know, as I got good, as it were, I missed it less and less. So as high as I am on the presentation of this game, I actually don't think this is a particularly good rhythm game. And I didn't really enjoy the gameplay and I ended up finding it more frustrating than satisfying to be. Um, and some of that are the things you've touched on already. So as you said, there's no visual track to show when the correct time to press a note is. So you have to do it entirely. Like a lot of the time I was closing my eyes and just listening. And there's no, like you have the clues of the enemies, but other than that, you have to entirely uh, rely on your sense of timing. And as you said, with no indication of whether a note was too slow or too fast, it was very hard to learn to get it precisely. And more frustratingly, when you make an error, you don't know exactly where your error was a lot of the time like you're mm -hmm. like well, was i too slow was i too fast um did i start too early or did i start too late you know, start the chain too late um and i found that incredibly frustrating like i i didn't didn't get enjoyment from that because you either get it perfect or you don't it's a very binary sense of failure or success 
Usually in these games, when you're getting things wrong consistently, you're getting told by the game why you're getting it wrong. So there's this like improvement loop, like you press it too fast and it says too fast, so you try it a bit slower, and then that was too slow, so you get a bit faster and then you get the note right. Like there's this like constant improvement cycle going on. And I felt like with this game that wasn't there and that was a big problem for me early on. Once I stopped being bad at the game, uh, this was less of an issue. But I think that, you know, that early difficulty curve and we had a, a bunch of people from our Discord play the game and they said they were getting their ass kicked too. So I do think there's a bit of a like an on a player onboarding kind of issue here where it's like your first like hour or so of playing the game is going to be a bit rough and full of plenty of frustrating mistakes that you don't quite know how to fix. But once you kind of get a hang of it, it's pretty... Once I got to that level, I felt like I was cruising through the levels super easy on replays. Um, like I felt like once I got that skill, I had it. So I do think there is a bit of a visual feedback problem. I don't think... It should give you everything, but I do think just telling you if it was fast or slow would be enough. Um, how, so another specific thing that I have a problem with is there's no indication of when a turn is going to switch. So the way the game works is the enemies make, they, they do a set of actions and then you copy it, but you have no idea exactly when their string of inputs are going to end and yours start. And you need to start, when it switches to you, you need to be ready to go immediately. So I had this big <laughs> issue with um, they would have a big long string and then they'd have a short string and you would not be ready for it. And it's I like think they that, tricked you. <laughs> well, yeah, they they got me, I guess. But to me, that that didn't feel like... Like it wasn't, it wasn't an enjoyable gotcha. It just felt like the game wasn't being fair to me. Like I would have really appreciated a visual indicator that said, you know, had a bar moving across to say, you know, this is how long their turn is and then it's going to switch to you. And then this is how long their turn is and then it's going to switch to you. Because then you could better prepare for what was coming. Um, did, did you feel that way or were you fine with it just randomly sw swapping to this, you know, single note sections in the middle of longer ones? I didn't mind it so much. I felt that with the scoring system, you've got this... Uh, I didn't like the scoring system of this game, Patrick. I thought it was trash. Me too. You have a rating system that is persistent throughout all the levels. So, you know, you'll start on 15% rating. And then every time, like, as you get it right, it'll go up a bit. And it, to me, it seemed like certain segments were worth more points or something. Because sometimes, like, just one segment would push it up by a percent. But sometimes you'd need to do, like, five, like, little segments to push it up a percent. It was very, very hard to tell what was worth what. And at the same, and because of this, like, I found it very unsatisfying. Like, when I was bad at the game... I was struggling to get enough percent to pass the levels because the to beat the levels you have a minimum percent requirement and on reflection it's pretty lenient like now for example like to beat the first level you need like 25 percent right and now I can get like I can have 35 or 40 percent at the end of the first level if I play like perfectly or something which is you know pretty easy but at the start I was like just scraping by but it's kind of hard to tell, like, 
how much something is worth and how well you're doing. And I feel like something that a lot of rhythm games do is have scoring based on accuracy. Like if you're like, there's a range in which it'll accept a note and the, the more accurate are the most points you get. And if you're just a bit off, you know, it'll still accept the note, but you'll get less points. And I felt like that, and plus the missing visual feedback was something that this game kind of sorely lacked. Um, it's also really easy to just hit 100% and then stop. Something I think that is really important in rhythm games is this sense of mastery that you want the players to strive for. Like, I know, you know, when I used to play Guitar Hero, I'd always try to push myself to get harder and harder songs with better and better scores. Because in this game, once you hit 100%, you just can't get higher than that. It feels really bad. Like, you can't really tell how accurate you're being once you're maxing it out. So I I was a big, big upset with the, the way this game scores the player. I think that it's really missing out on one of the things that makes rhythm games really addictive, uh, that push to be better and better constantly. Yeah, the problem is in the fact that it's very binary whether you fail or succeed. You'll have a string of eight inputs that you need to enter correctly for each segment, and you'll have, I don't know, 15 of those over a section. Um, each section is graded individually, and if you miss a single input in any of those you know, individual 15 sections, the section is ruled as a failure. It would have been far better if it graded you instead for your overall score over a far longer period of time. So instead of you missed one of eight notes, fail, and then, you know, you failed one note in seven sections, so you get seven fails and eight successes, it could have said you hit, you know, 156 of 172 notes successfully. And I think that's a far better barometer of how you're how well you're doing in the game then get it perfect or you fail which is how it is i think there needs to be some reward for getting a whole string right like i think say each well, you don't correct... lose a life isn't isn't that a isn't that a reward yeah i didn't like the lies well for, for okay so for scoring like for example if there was seven notes in a string um, each note you get right is worth 10. And then if you get all seven, you get an extra like 30 on top of that or something. Um, and then there was like a, new, a better numerical score than just these percentages that maxed at 100. That would be more satisfying to me. Like I would far prefer chasing the higher scores if it was presented like that. Like the way it is currently, just I just don't care. I, I care far less about this mastery thing than you, you do, but I agree that it is an arbitrary way to score. And they could, but you know, they were going, once again, presentation trumped gameplay here. You know, you're a journalist, so they're doing it, giving you this random percentage instead of accurate statistics. Um, something else I wanted to ask you about, James, is that because there is no visual track and we only get clues as to what to press memory is a large part of this game and i think yes. that if you watch a youtube playthrough of this game you will not understand how difficult it actually is to play it, it looks far easier than it is to play because in addition to trying to hit your perfect rhythm and not knowing how long the strings are and if you miss a single note the whole thing's screwed up and that could stuff you up you just have to remember the the notes yeah. and the timing of them all 
how did you feel about memory as a as a, as a gameplay device? Did you enjoy that you had to try and remember perfectly, or would you say this was another drawback? Uh, I like the memory component. I think that the memory component of this game is a large part of the uniqueness of this as a rhythm game. And I actually think that the memorization sections are incredibly fair. So I actually looked into this quite a lot today. So I found a few papers today, um, and apparently, and this is me reading off Wikipedia, so one of the most highly cited papers in psychology um, is this paper written by George A. Miller in 1956, which talks about... I don't know where the fuck you're going with this, but please continue. (laughs) (laughs) Talks about how many items that the human brain can store in short-term memory. Um, And the average is very strongly, like across a a large number of people, they figured out that the, 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 the sweet spot number is seven plus or minus two, right? So seven is the number of things that you can remember in a row. And then after seven, there is this massive, like your brain just freaks out and has a huge amount of trouble remembering anything past that limit. So I actually went through and I listened to the whole game on youtube and in like the entire game there are very few patterns that go above seven like in the entirety of the first level there are zero patterns that go above seven items um and most of them are five in addition there are some patterns that are harder to memorize because they use like elements of timing and from count like i counted every single thing in the game and the ones with like little weird timing changes, like maybe you had to press it offbeat slightly, those seem to count as like two objects because every single time there was like a weird pause or a timing issue, there would only be like four items in the string ever. So I think they did their research here. They knew, they kind of obviously knew what numbers people could memorize and they kept it low like throughout the entire game. There was like, three or four instances where they go above seven and in every single case what they do is they have you memorize a string of three then the same string of three plus one then that string of four plus one over and over until you've like memorized the string and then they go to like eight and like nine like twice in the whole game basically so i think they're very fair in regards to the memory thing I didn't like them. <laughs> you didn't like them. <laughs> I didn't. And I'm I haven't written a paper I haven't prepared a paper in psychology, James, like you have. But um I would be skeptical that this psychology paper is talking about timing for a rhythm game. It's probably talking about phone numbers, right? Basically the only times now that I have problems is when it goes above seven. I've noticed that very strongly. There's one section in level two where um Jaguar challenges you to a duel when it goes mm, above the seven. final string yeah yeah that's really hard and everything else was fine um and in the most cases there is a visual there is a visual component like they'll show you like there's a section in level three that does i think it's like 10 but they show you like three on the right and then three on the left and then there are visual indicators to show you how many are in each side so you don't really need to remember them my problem was that the memorization combined with the previous elements I indicated, the fact that there is no 
visual track. The fact that you don't know how long your turn is versus how long their turn is. The fact that you got get no feedback on whether a note is too slow or fast means that you just end up overwhelmed with too much when you're trying to learn how to play this game. Yes, it's easy in and of itself to memorize uh, if that's all you're focused on, if you're only focused on that chain. But when you're trying to do all the rhythm stuff perfectly as well, it just ends up being too much to me. And you can make the argument that that's the game and that's the game that you're learning and the memory is part of that. But far and away, my favorite parts of this game were the ones where I didn't have to perfectly remember things. And the further I got in the game, the only parts of the game I was failing was when I couldn't remember the notes, note inputs, where I couldn't remember if I had to hit, hit shoot four times or five times in fast succession. And I got no satisfaction from remembering that correctly. And I got an immense amount of frustration when I just tapped it the wrong number of times because I couldn't remember them. So overall, all any one of these things in and of themselves wouldn't have been a problem for me. But all these things together made the gameplay of Space Channel 5 not fun to me. I, I was more frustrated than satisfied even as I was, you know, even as I got better and played through it for the second time. Okay. I feel the opposite, actually. I liked the memory element a lot compared to a lot of... Um, we already did this gameplay in a game we played before, remember? We played Sly Cooper, the first game. Has um, visual feedback. Has, yeah, it has, has very visual clear visual feedback. And that that makes it, in to me, a completely different experience the space channel 5 has zero well okay it doesn't have zero visual feedback as we've alluded to a number of times there are visual clues but for the most part you're using your sense of rhythm and and listening in order to hit the rhythm whereas sly cooper was a very that boss fight was very visual mm -hmm. i didn't have as much as a problem with this that you did i don't think because i the most fun I had in this game was finally getting those 10 strings and, like, being able to remember all that. That felt really satisfying to me. Um, to me, it would just be too, like, too simple if it was just hitting them in time with the beat. I think that the, re like, the big problem is that the, on like, the onboarding sucks. Like, it needed to be, like, one, <laughs> an extra level... That was slightly easier maybe for people that suck like me and and you apparently um yes because it was yeah um because it was really hard to start okay so so let me put it this way to me the most fun parts of this game were not the long memory bits they were the more rapid fire bits and there's a few points in the game where it's not here is a 10 string repeat that 10 string back it's more here's some bang bang and then you go bang bang back and it's these more quick fire ones or or the um the second boss in particular the 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 elegant coward or whatever it's called the pink uh marshmallowy i, I don't know the bosses have yep. weird names but it's um it's actually the first two stages of that each section is only four to five notes long but they all have interesting timings and that was my favorite boss fight of them all um, the final section dips back into memorization, but I enjoyed those bits of gameplay more than those longer bits. 
That boss definitely averages seven for like uh, the vast majority the final, of the game averages seven strings. Yeah, but it's that that boss. It's the f- that boss. It's the final bit which goes into memorization. The first two stages are not long. Any, I would I would put money on it. It's like four to five for the entire first two stages. Yeah, it's five pretty consistently because it'll go yeah. like one gap, which I count as one, um, yeah. and then three that are the same in a row so oh, you count the gaps okay i count the gap well it, you have to remember the gap right so, i guess that that boss felt like it flowed with the music really well so i i was just able to nail the timings yeah if you count the gaps usually the gaps the gaps seem to count as like two memory bits because if you count the gaps as two plus the ones you basically very rarely go above seven okay i see what you're saying yeah, whenever there's a timing thing you have to remember, the number drops down always to compensate, to make it easier. Because it's too hard to remember a really long string plus, like, a whole bunch of thing. And so the game's quite short. Like, it's two hours long. And an I'm hour not sure long, even. It's I, about I, an hour long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you, if you get everything perfectly, it's about an hour long. And I don't think they could really stretch it out any more of that. Because this... This, like, upper limit on how many things you can make people remember kind of, you know, limits the amount of design space there is for things to do. And there's even then, there's a heap of repetition throughout the whole game, and that's fine, because I can't remember all of it um, long term. So every time I play through the game, it's like playing through it new, but with a better sense of timing. Um, there was a couple points through the game where they did some fun things. Like, I think in the last level, there's this one segment where you have to listen to what they say, but then press the opposite button. And mm. that one, like the first time through, that threw me for a loop. Um, but when I finally was able to do it consistently, it felt really good. It gives so... you no time to prepare either. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> press the opposite button. Okay, it's like, immediately what? begin. It's like... It's, yeah, so, of course, the moment I got there, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why? It doesn't even give me half miserably. a second. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the um, the other problem I had. So, there were, there were, in level four, there were basically two specific bits which I had huge problems with, which kept game over me over and over again. So, the first was you dance off against an evil robot clone of yourself, because of course you do. And her name, is it Evil La, as opposed to... yeah yeah. and there's this section of the dance where there's just these really long gaps like really long gaps and i just (laughs) i just could i couldn't get it and and this is one of the reasons why i felt like you know when i was talking about the music that i felt like the music wasn't necessarily the best choice because that music it didn't clearly signify the missing beats to me like i i couldn't I couldn't hear, and, and and that's why I was like, well, if this was a more poppy song with a more deliberate beat, then I would have be, far been able to read those missing beats. Well, the, the music at the start of the game, the beat is extremely exaggerated, like I don't think you can lose it. That song that you're talking about, it's nowhere near as exaggerated as the start of the game, so it becomes difficult mm-hmm. to keep time. I lean back on using my legs to keep time a lot, because for whatever reason, it's a lot easier to, you know, use you know mechanical motion of your body to measure a beat than it is to keep it in your head just by thinking and like 
to get better at this game, I had to rely on tapping to keep the beat a lot. I don't know if you did that. Um, I did. I didn't, but I did close my eyes a lot. The only problem is there's lots of sections where you can't close your eyes because you've got to rescue hostages. So you've got yeah. to be able to see that it's a human <laughs> or an alien. So, but I closed my eyes a lot and just tried to listen. Um, oh, so so that was one part where I really struggled. Where I, to me, I'd say that's a criticism. I'd say that it's just stupid because if I'm like listening, I I shouldn't have to guess where it was. And you know, maybe I'm just terrible. But I felt like after six tries or what, however many tries it was, I should have been able to do it consistently. I just couldn't. Um, yeah, games difficulty, hard. Difficulty <laughs> spot number two. It's in that backwards bit specifically i think it's the final section this part of the game really irritated me because most of the time in these dance-off sections you have about five or six lives so you've got a decent amount of room to you know in a section that's eight eight or so long or you have four lives if it's eight long you've got room to make errors this final section you have two lives and it's four sections long and they're the most difficult sections probably in the entire game to nail the timing perfectly. But yeah, that that really irritated me because I, I just... The, the very, very final one uh, still t- I, I think will kill you regardless, but I found myself dying in that section many times. It, so I had to get through fucking Evil R and then I had to get through that part and the rest of the level I was doing close to perfectly and those two sections with their Big limited lives. Spikes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very frustrating to get choke pointed in that way and it just took me back to the whole thing like why is the difficulty in these sections so binary? Why doesn't it give me more of a cushion against these later sections if I do well in the earlier sections? But it's like nah, it doesn't matter that you did all that other shit perfectly. You failed this one bit, so you have to do the past 10 to 15 minutes from scratch. So I I really hated it. Like, it's weird, because some parts don't have lives, you can just fail them and the game will continue. And then suddenly the lives will appear, and if you get them all wrong... And usually you have, like, seven of these things, so you never... Like, even if you miss, like, 80% of the notes, you can still have enough lives to continue. But, like, I agree, that bit at the end is kind of silly. And the difficulty curves are kind of all over the place. Like, I think the game does a good job of like each level starts off relatively like easing you back into it i guess level the start of level three is actually quite intense from the get-go um but they kind of do this thing where they drop you back a bit and then build you back up just in case you know you've taken a break whatever even though this game's like an hour long so i don't know how did you feel about the bosses uh i liked the bosses i think there was one that was um there's the level three boss Um, during that segment where the two heads were like moving up and around Mm -hmm. um, the second half of that where it starts messing with the timing i never get that section ever yeah where where it starts putting the shoots in the middle of the ups and lefts and right that bit yeah yeah Yeah. i can't do it it's just fucking weird um other than that i think they're pretty great the second boss is definitely my favorite i really like the like the between sections where it has that choir yeah the choir kicks yeah. in for a second I, and the boss it, does that animation it's great it it makes me wonder because that that piece of music felt very distinct from all the other music in the game and I, I know i know it you know goes into techno and stuff but i still feel 
most of the music is rooted in jazz. And then you had that song with the choir and it felt different and unique. And it makes me wonder if this game would have been better if it pulled from a more diverse set of music. You know, like you play Guitar Hero and you play all kinds of different songs. Um, You play this and you're kind of getting mostly the same... Maybe it's just because, once again, it's a rhythm game. So it's, it's just tapping into something fundamentally repetitive but i liked that break in musical style and i i wish and i wanted to see more of it i felt the start of level three was pretty different to everything else honestly i thought level three was leaning way more into the techno stuff than the big band jazz for the first that is levels. true with the um with the more computery screen sort of stuff yeah. it was more technoish. Yeah, yeah and even it was really up but like really quick and high tempo during the like asteroid section as well and then the escape at the end so i think that for a game that's an hour long it did a fairly good job of varying the musical score to be honest yeah th- that's fair enough um yeah i i think it's just because it's so focused on rhythm rather than melody that's throwing me off mm. let's have another music break james so um before we go on we'll the one we'll go to the uh boss fight that i've spoken to so much about it's the theme for the boss of level two and it's called the elegant coward here it is i'm on the observation platform hey the alien mothership's retreating don't you have to follow them channel five blast you jaguar look they're sending something over is that a marshmallow looks like some children got nabbed oh my poor student you got to get them out of there We'll do. Kick, 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 kick. Left, up. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Right, down. Kick, kick, kick. Right, down. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Up. Kick, kick, kick. Up. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Marshmallow appears to be crying. But I don't think it's over yet. I knew it! It's moving again! Uh-oh! I'm reading zero cheats on my game! Up, kick! Up, two! Back, kick! Left, two! Right, kick! Right, two! Up, 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 up
That was the elegant coward. That was probably the best boss fight in the game. I do like the third boss in theory, but I think uh, some of the, you know, the execution wasn't perfect and it let it down near the end. Um, Patrick, I've reached the end of my notes. This was a very short game. It was an hour long, although I feel like I spent like four or five hours in total playing it probably. Um, do you want to go to final impressions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's wrap up. So, James, tell tell the world what you thought about Space Channel Five. Space Channel Five is a blast of a game. It is very short and sweet, but I think it is absolutely worth your time to play today. Uh, part of this is due to the incredible visual presentation that is very entertaining from start to end, and especially at the end. Um, and I just genuinely really enjoyed the the rhythmic gameplay. Uh, I think that, you know, this blend of memorization and timing is a unique one that I enjoyed quite a lot throughout the, the time, you know, and I played the game through, you know, twice fully, and then I played the first two levels, uh, the first three levels, like, two or three times, you know, when I should have been doing work at work. Um, so I had a blast. I think that it's a really unique game. I think that you know, it's still really fun to play, and the, the sense of style that this game has, I think, stands the test of time, absolutely. You know, visually, you know, some of the models look a bit outdated, the, you know, the animated FMVs uh, clash horribly against some of the, you know, the character models, but on the whole, like, the presentation... Uh, the sense of style, the joy of the rhythm game combat is pretty good, even though there are a few issues with the gameplay, like a lack of visual feedback. Um, so, you know, ultimately, I do recommend Space Channel 5. I thought it was really fun. So for me, um, I don't recommend Space Channel 5. It it was very interesting going into this game because what I was expecting is a visual style and presentation that I would hate, but I expected to quite like the rhythm gameplay. Although I'm not an expert in the genre by any means, I do like the I do like rhythm games. Like Audio Surf is a game I played an absurd amount of and I, I just like the you know, I'm a big fan of Sekiro, which as everyone knows is basically a rhythm <laughs> game. Uh... But 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 what I got was literally the exact opposite. Uh not immediately, but the more I played, the more more I fell in love with the presentation and visual style and all the little touches that made it what it was. And the more I grew to hate and despise the rhythm gameplay presented. I feel like taken together, it ends up being more frustrating than fun. And if a rhythm game is more frustrating and fun than fun, it doesn't really matter how good the presentation is because the experience overall is mostly mechanically driven by how enjoyable it is to touch keys and rhythm. So I'm not against the rhythm genre. I think it's possible that Space Channel 5 isn't for me. And I think that if we'd done a rhythm game with far more visual feedback, I would have been much more on board with it. So despite the brilliance of its absurdist presentation, uh, I've got to give Space Channel 5 a thumbs down just because I bounced off its gameplay and in the end didn't have a whole lot of fun with it. So um, sorry, Space Channel Five. At least, at least I didn't hate you for the reasons I expected to. <laughs> I'm so surprised. I thought you would. I thought you would like it. Did you think? Well, so did I. I thought. I thought I'd be like literally the the exact opposite. But um, I I think just all those little things that I mentioned um added up to me being frustrated with it. And yeah, I I don't know what else to say. Like I I didn't have as much fun with it as I was hoping. 
Mm -hmm. I guess those little things you mentioned were just little things to me. Like, I felt like, in the end, the immersive factor of, you know, when the game worked the way it was intended to, it was really fun. And then there was the occasional annoying bit that broke that. But it was never a huge showstopper for me. But, you know, that was Space Channel 5. Patrick, where can people find us? James, we are, of course, the Retrospectors Podcast. Thank you, everyone, to listening to us today gab on about Space Channel 5. Um, you can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It has all of our episodes on there, and we're, of course, available iTunes, Spotify, wherever you normally listen to podcasts. We've also got a bunch of articles on the website about the games we've played, um, both old and new, so we encourage you to go check it out. Um, most importantly, we would love if you would drop down our Discord server. Uh, that's where most of our community interaction happens. And we'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Um, if you've got a game to recommend, if you think the sequel is worth playing, any and all of these things are useful for us. And even if you just want to drop by and make fun of us, we'd be delighted to have you there to join the conversation and to join the arguments over video games. Um, yeah, and that wraps us up. We'll, we hope to speak to you guys soon. Um, so James... As people have probably figured out, you picked Space Channel 5 this week. I did. Me. I did. And Why? Means, you should have picked means... it. <laughs> well, we, I don't... You, okay, there, there is a sequel. So what we can do is you can pick Space Channel 5 Part 2 for next week. I, I don't believe I would ever have picked this game in a million years. We would be up to episode a million and I still wouldn't have picked Space Channel 5. So... I'm skeptical I'm going to pick part two at any time. Man, imagine all the JRPGs we can play in a million episodes. Oh, yuck. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're, we're ending the podcast early then, James. <laughs> no more JRPGs. Anyway, so the game that I have selected is a game called Pathologic. So it's been a very... I, I have wanted to do what I call a Slav game for a very long time. We've played some honorary Slav games, um, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 being one of them, but we haven't played yet. We're yet to play the jank filled Slavic experience that Pathologic supposedly offers. I guess Hitman Codename 47 was kind of Slavic in its design, but, but this, is, this is the real deal. Pathologic is very much a cult classic that, uh, you know, has had a sequel come out not too long ago, Pathologic 2. It's actually a remake. Uh, Pathologic 2 is a remake of the one from 2011. Is is that it? Or is it a remake of Pathologic 1? Pathologic 2 is a sequel and remake of the original game at the same time. See, that's very confusing. But from what I understand of Pathologic, that's on brand for, for, <laughs> for what this game is like. And truth be told... I've heard whisperings of this game, but I've heard it's really best to go in blind and just kind of have the experience as is. So I'm very excited to to see what exactly this gaming experience is like. And if it can, you know, if its reputation is actually justified as uh, as being as good a game as it is. So I've started this game early because I know it's really long. I'm about like halfway through my first playthrough now because there's three characters 
And I had no idea what this game was actually about going into it. I just heard people mention it before. And I uh, I think it's going to be a really fun episode to talk about, to be honest. Um, I didn't know what I expected, but uh, it's, uh, it's quite topical. <laughs> well, I mean, it does have the name there, right? So you can probably guess what it's about somewhat with the name Pathologic. Yeah. But, but um, I'm interested in digging into the, the mechanics and its storytelling devices because, yeah, I've heard whispers that it's quite interesting. So anyway, please join us in a fortnight's time for pathologic thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next fortnight stay tuned 